In the year 2045, all of mankind seeks an escape from their dreadful reality. To embrace that escape, they enter the Oasis, a fully immersive virtual reality universe where anything is possible. The creator of this universe, a games designer named James Halliday, has hidden an Easter egg somewhere in the Oasis. Whoever finds this egg gains complete control over the Oasis, the world's most valuable economic resource. The hunt for Halliday's egg is on in the 2018 sci-fi adventure Ready Player One. I'm Connor Azagari. And I'm Austin Johnson. And this is Filmgasm. Welcome to the Filmgasm podcast. Austin and I are continuing our journey through our selections from our top 10 films of the 2010s episode. Today we're discussing my number 10, 2018's Ready Player One, a just complete over-the-top fun pop culture eating itself adventure that I fell for pretty quickly. (laughs) Safe to say. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So what is your history with this film? I'm curious. Um, So... Uh, we were working at Draft House when this movie came out, and uh, I want to say, I can't remember what month it came out, but I remember it was really popular, did really well, and uh, I, I wanted, I wanted to see it, you know. So I was living with three or sorry, four other dudes at the time. All of us went to like a late screening. I got, uh, I think I got a couple of us free tickets, you know. I was like, oh, I'll try to help out, like get us some discounts and whatnot. So we all went, and. One guy loved it. Uh, he, he was like, oh my God, that was so sick. But he's also a huge, like Star Wars, Back to the Future, you know, like he's, he's like, a, that's, his, that's his jam. That's his stuff. And then the other three guys were like, that sucked. <laughs> they, were, they were like, I didn't like that at all. I, I just don't care. And I was somewhere in the middle, you know, I was like, I was entertained, but I also, I also didn't really remember it very well uh, up until I rewatched it a couple nights ago. And so that, that was just my second time a couple nights ago. And it's 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 not for me. It's not made for me, for sure. There's some stuff I really respond to. Uh, you know, of course, there's certain kind of, you know, 80s homage stuff that's going on that I really like. But I, I, I'm just not super concerned with the story or it, does, it doesn't pull me in. Some of the acting, I think, is, is, is kind of bad. And so it just it doesn't it doesn't totally fulfill, you know my kind of like movie mind but i see why some people including you like love this movie and have kind of uh thrown attached to it like i i get it it's not something that i don't understand uh i i think it's a pretty divisive movie you know a lot of people rag on it and hate on it and then there's people who are like that was just a lot of fun so fucking sue me you know and i'm i'm somewhere in the middle i'm i don't i'm not gonna rag on it it's not a piece of shit i would never call anything steven spielberg does a piece of shit because it's not and i also am not you know head over heels for it i'm somewhere in the middle fair enough yeah okay this is pretty much an inverse of what happened last week which is cool yeah um, yeah except except adam's not here yeah <laughs> <laughs> it would yeah t- twi- twice in a row me having to defend my my crazy opinions from like against you guys would just be too much be too much <laughs> Hopefully next week we're all on board. We're all Hopefully, same. I really, I really <laughs> hope so. <laughs> I'll be shattered if we're not. 
There's certain uh, movies I watch where like I'm watching them and I'm not digging it. And I'm like, I just feel bad that I don't like it because I know that you're going to die a little inside. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, I'm not going to like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's some that, you know, I know that going in. I'm like, oh, he's probably not going to like this. But next week, I feel pretty feel pretty confident. I feel pretty good. Good to know. Uh, so, yeah, this movie, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm I know I was born in 95, but I grew up with mostly 80s pop culture. So I have a big affinity for the just, you know, the, the geek culture of the 80s. And this movie's built on that shit. So yeah. it was made for people like me who just love that stuff to death. And I know you're not that well versed in the 80s. So I understand this, you know, re- not really resonating that much with you. So I, I get it. Um, yeah. And, and you've read the book. Uh, I did read the know, book. That, that helps. I, I know. I know all of the um, references, you know, um, just that's just not my like my stuff you know like i love back to the future seeing a delorean is cool i just don't need it i guess <laughs> you know <laughs> i don't need it uh i don't know i i also i'll bring up some other stuff later i'm, I'm curious to hear like what you think about it so i i am stoked to, to to talk about it because it's it's a fascinating uh movie that's already five years old fucking weird See, when i was when i was a kid like my relationship to deloreans if if some creep drove up to me in a van and it didn't say free candy it said free delorean i would have gotten molested <laughs> oh my god i took a drink of my soda and i'm regretting it jesus christ i i love that shit to death i would have been tricked immediately like oh wow and then we wouldn't be having this conversation yeah yeah well yeah uh, but, my life would be my <laughs> life would be dra- drastically different yeah <laughs> I just, I love every, you know, I see a DeLorean in a movie and I'm like, all right, this guy gets me and I'm on board almost immediately. It's, it's a problem. <laughs> uh, you reference back to the future. I will be your best friend. <laughs> no matter, no matter how you do it. I, I mean, it's pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so I, there is a lot of bias for me with this movie. There's a lot of just, you know, oh, look, there's Beetlejuice. Oh, there's Alien. And I'm just like, ah, that I'm just, I've got blinders on at that point. So I understand that for sure. But I will defend this movie's fun story because I love a nice quest. And I love the idea of like pop culture being the most powerful economic resource of the future. I mean, that's just neat. <laughs> and yeah. I, I would thrive in that universe. Like I would be, a you know, I'd be one of those scholars just working for the company, knowing all this shit. It's a job that like I wish I am 100% qualified for, but cannot get hired for in this century. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 you gotta wait till 2045 yeah uh so i saw this film also you know also when we were working at um at draft house i didn't intend to see it i i saw the trailer and i, I honestly thought pretty much what you thought after you saw the movie like i don't really need this <laughs> and I, I don't know who told me to somebody convinced me to go to the uh the, the employee screening I think I was bored or some somebody was going to meet me there and they didn't show or something. I don't remember how I ended up at the, at the midnight screening, but I went and I started watching it and I'm like, all right, Easter eggs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> oh, Joan Jett. Oh, Van Halen. Oh, DeLorean. Oh, T-Rex King Kong. All right. So I just like was, I gradually getting way more excited at this movie. And then I was like, Oh my God, they're going into the shining. Like what the fuck? This is so neat. And then when the climax happened, I could hear the storm building outside. It was like a huge rainstorm was happening outside. And uh-huh. when Mecha Godzilla showed up to like fight the <laughs> Iron Giant, 
the power like the power of the whole damn building went out and i was like no and then the power came back on they tried to get the movie back to the spot they restarted that scene power went out again and i was like fuck so they were like we can't get it back on board everyone's got to go home and i'm like it's the end of the movie (laughs) like what you can't do that to me (laughs) (laughs) so So frustrating i left with cinematic blue balls and had to go see the next i had to go see it the next morning before my shift and i was like all right yeah this is good but i saw this last night all right all right all right went to the bathroom came back then climax and i'm like all right and it was really good (laughs) And I had had a great time. It was fun. Uh, and then I told everybody about it, and everyone who saw it did not have the same reaction to it that I did. <laughs> Every everyone everyone that that worked with with us, or, or what do you mean? Yeah, everyone, all of my yeah. work friends. I was like, you know, when you got a chance, go see this movie. And some of them, some of them were like, oh, it's pretty cool, but mostly they were like, eh. And I just I didn't understand it. I'm like, why don't you see what I see? And eventually, <laughs> I just gave up. But this stayed in my rotation it's become one of my favorite movies i'll watch it when i've got you know when i'm i need like an injection of like every pop culture thing that i love if i need all of it at once i will watch ready player one (laughs) Mm. yeah makes sense (laughs) it's all right there (laughs) yeah it is and yeah it's my number 10 of of my top 10 of the 2010s because i'm i wanted to show it some love because it is it's you know it's it's a bit hacky it is not that original i it's it's ridiculous it's the matrix with like a lot more whimsy and i understand that but at the end of the day i want you know it's okay to have fun it's okay to yeah to have these movies that just make you smile even if they're stupid or other people don't care for them they belong to you you know you find what what you love and you hold on to it yeah yeah no i, I totally agree um I, I have no, I have no room to ever, um, you know, back anybody for having fun. You know, I have fun. I have too much fun sometimes <laughs> watching movies that mo- watch movies that just, you know, conventionally aren't good. You know, uh, it, that's, that's quite all right. I don't really care anymore. I've gotten completely over, over that for sure. So yeah. And when I'm watching this movie, I'm not really, I'm, I'm, I was thinking a lot about you, you know, I was thinking a lot about like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I, I get, I, I get why this is, this is in his list. And, and I, and I also get why Adam was like, I'm good. <laughs> you know, 80, yeah. 80s are like his least favorite pop culture decade. Uh, you know, uh, well, I don't want to say that for him. Cause, cause like, I think me, him and my brother, Jeremy, we're very, very into like, um, like Iron Maiden and Judas Priest, you know, and like kind of popular stuff from the eighties, but stuff that's probably not going to be in a movie like this, you know, like none of us are massive Van Halen fans, you know. We all we always kind of lean towards the like the more metal, you know, Black Sabbath, uh, Iron Maiden stuff. That's always that's always where we kind of ended up. And it's probably kind of the same for movies. We always kind of like what's like a little outside. What's like a little bit of an outlier, you know, compared to you know some of the Indiana Jones and the Star Wars and the ETs and the Back to the Futures. We always try to find like what's on the edge, you know uh that's that's always been kind of well it was their personality and so i'm their younger brother and i just kind of adopted that so that's that's kind of where our heart lies but i guarantee you they would love this movie if instead of joan jett at the beginning of the race it was you know two minutes to midnight by iron maiden playing (laughs) you know what i mean so it's just like it's just what you what needle drops what little cues like you appreciate and uh they're 
there was more for you than for me in this movie as far as 80s goes, which is why, of course, you know, I'm going to talk about the Shining scene later. <laughs> <laughs> the great unifier, the Shining. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Come on. Come on. <laughs> he can do that, too, because he knows Kubrick. Right. So he can do that. I've yet to meet anyone who did not like The Shining. Even people who don't like horror, they're, when I show them The Shining, they're like, that was pretty good. So I, I love it. That movie really does kind of just, it's the horror movie that, you know, brings people together. It creates friendships. Yeah, yeah. And it and it um, transcends any decade. Like, it doesn't feel like an 80s movie. It doesn't feel like any, it doesn't feel like when it came out at all. It no. feels very much like the singular idiosyncratic just brilliant brilliant mindfuck of a movie that's quite frankly not a lot like the book so it, it gets to kind of stand on its own and be this be this thing that like that's why it's so good is it has lasted over 40 years and that's why it's so cool that it did get included in the movie uh, ready player one cool fun fact uh the producers approached jack nicholson to reprise his role as jack torrance in this movie and he turned it down because he said He's retired, so yeah, yeah. He's like, nah. There, I mean, there's and there's no amount of money you can be like, come on. He's like, I, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can't pay off Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yeah, I've done that, and so you know, I'm, I'm, it's over. That would have been pretty fucking sweet, though, right? You're pretty sure that you know, dude gets free courtside Lakers tickets. I mean, what more can you give a man who has everything? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wonder, like. I think initially I would have been like, that's Jack. But then on repeated viewings, I would have been like, he shouldn't have done this. <laughs> also, how old he is, right? I mean, mm. so he's 86. So this is five years ago. 81-year-old Jack Nicholson playing Jack Torrance would be like, yeah, like it'd be more creepy. So <laughs> it would be. Uh, I'm glad uh, that it, um, Dr. Sleep went the other route and just casted a lookalike. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you can't. I mean, yeah, you can't. You can't do it. And and we've seen you can't do the whole de-aging thing, uh, you know, because De Niro looks absolutely bonkers in The Irishman. So I don't want to see people do that to Jack Nicholson either. You know, I don't want him to get de-aged. That'd be too weird. The best that tech has looked yet, honestly, is the first Ant-Man movie when they de-aged Michael Douglas in the beginning scene. That actually has I wish I watched Ant-Man recently. That holds up that bit. Actually, he does look pretty decent. That's right, and they also de-aged Robert De Niro up, uh, Robert De Niro, uh, Robert Downey Jr. in um, Endgame, Infinity War, Civil War, Civil War. Yeah, they de-age him a little bit. I mean, it's not as drastic because he's not as old as those guys, but you can still you can tell. But it looks okay. It looks yeah. okay. It's a little weird to see like you know less than zero RDJ walking into the room. It's like this isn't this is odd. He doesn't look yeah. he looks too shiny. Yeah, his face is like plastic, but you know whatever. I'm judging from just the trailers, I think the the de-aging tech they're using on Harrison Ford for the new indie movie looks pretty top notch. So that it, it, that could work. It out. does so much so much so that a casual would be like, "Man, Harrison Ford's still fucking hot," <laughs> you know? Yeah, for uh, for like eighty, Ford's looking pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Ford's still on top of his game there. I yeah. want some of what uh, he's smoking. God damn. <laughs> good shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so to start things off here, uh, I have a, a question. I'm very curious to hear your answer to this. So if the Oasis existed, if we were living in this universe and we could go literally anywhere in the pop culture universe, where would you go? Oof. <laughs> One place? 
Yeah, like um, one, go to a movie, a book, a, a video game world, a franchise world, and, you know, pay for powers or whatever and do, you know, just live in that world for a little bit. Like, where would you go? Jesus. Um, God. <laughs> I kind of wish I would have known this just so I could have wrote down a couple couple things. Um, oof. I'm trying to think now. Just one of my, my favorite, you know, a lot of my favorite movies or favorite books are, are like not fun to go to. So, <laughs> uh, um, I think I, I'll say this off the top of my head. I think it'd be cool to go inside of Paul Thomas Anderson's vision of San Fernando Valley boogie nights, like late seventies, um, hang out with, you know, hang out with Dirk Diggler and Scotty J. Uh, I, yeah, I, you know, Jack Horner. I, I feel like that would be that'd be a good time for like for like uh for like a weekend and then get the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> that is an interesting answer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Boogie Nights World. Uh yeah, like, like in 1978. Yeah. Before before William H. Macy shoots his fucking head off. Yeah. I'd be, you know, the fun part the of Boogie Nights. The fun part. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The rise, the rise of Dirk Diggler. I'd love to be, you know, I'd love to be Chest Rockwell, right? Come on, who wouldn't want to be his 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 fucking sidekick, you know? Who doesn't want to be John C. Riley? Uh people say I look like Han Solo, so <laughs> uh. beautiful. That's that's fantastic. Uh yeah, there's so many different answers to this question. I mean, there's so many places I'd love to go, so many oh yeah, lives I'd love to assume. Off the top of my head, though, the first place I went, obviously, was Back to the Future. You know, yeah, Hill Valley, nineteen eighty-five. Go to Lou's Cafe, have a tab. <laughs> yeah, and not and and not just do you know do the do the, like the visiting thing. It'd be cool to like you know get to live in this world and kind of immerse yourself. Uh, yeah, if I get to if I get to really think about that, I, I'm sure I could come up with a bunch of answers. But that's a great question. Because if you take away, you know, it's not just the 80s, you can go anywhere, you know, you can go, go back thousands of years, right? I mean, who, who knows? Who knows what you do if you, I mean, it'd be, it'd be cool to be alongside, you know, um, our friends at Jurassic Park, right? It'd be cool to be there for the first visit and then leave before, before the T-Rex shows up. <laughs> Get on the boat and yeah, <laughs> funny, like reading the paper, like what? That place, that place, everyone's dead? Holy yeah. hell. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, or i mean of course like it'd be fucking sick to be you know like um mr a different color you know be mr blue or mr whatever in the reservoir dogs and like be fucking robin banks and stuff and with you, jewels. like if you were in reservoir dogs and you were like at the breakfast and you like you'd seen the movie obviously so you're in you're going into yeah. the world, would you just immediately be like oh he's the rat right there uh, I, I feel like <laughs> check him for the badge. He's got a badge. Check him. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I feel like I feel like if yeah, if you put yourself in that spot, you know, and you and you, you know, uh, you shoot, you know, you, what does he say? You you shoot me in your dreams. You better wake up and apologize. I just feel like that was sick. <laughs> like what he just said was so sick. <laughs> you know, Mister White, you're fucking awesome. You know, I have such a hard time not geeking out, just like being around, being around. You know, these guys, right? Uh, if I were like hanging out with, you know, Jules and and Vince and Vega, like, I'd be like, you guys are so cool. (laughs) Like I'm in the backseat, like, ah, just, he's talking about the Royale, you know, it, it'd be so difficult to play it cool. Right. To like actually live in it and not just be like what I'm in Pulp Fiction right now. You know, I feel like, I feel like you, you know what I mean? You know, you're just, 
you'd just be dumbfounded. Like, what the fuck? Like, flabbergasted. Totally. I'd want, well, I'd want also to be able to control or to be able to affect the outcome of these. Ah. Like, my involvement in the movie is going to change things. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you do say, hey, Mr. Orange, that fucker's a rat. Let's do this thing the right way. Let's not do it today. Let's do it, you know, a week from now, right? Uh, like you could, yeah, you could alter Reservoir Dogs to not be what it is, uh, which yeah. is like you're, you're fucking with history. By the end you of the week, what Tarantino does. By like, the end of the week, no one's dead. You work for Joe Cabot directly because you ca- you found the rat, and you're organizing the next heist. Bang! You're fi- you're finding your own, uh, your your own team of of shitheads. Yeah. That, oh man, I mean, he's so cool, but. That's that's an excellent question. Uh, of course, you're going to gravitate towards like what are your favorite, you know, favorite stories or favorite movies. But I'm sure if I really looked at, you know, like my letterboxed or like really looked at some of the books that I that I love, I'd find some random stuff that would be like actually fun to go there. You know, yeah, fun to fun to just go into the world. I got, I'm not a big Avatar guy, but I can't I can't I can't say I wouldn't like to go see. You know, see the places that that James Cameron has on on you know has created right i mean come on like who who wouldn't want to at least just go see that in person yeah if this tech existed in real life i'd waste away going everywhere even stuff i didn't care for you know i don't i, I don't play dungeons and dragons but would i go be a fucking mage and actually fight some dragons you're goddamn right i would yeah i wonder i wonder how i would actually be because i relate a lot to one of the last lines of ready player one when uh what's his fucking name uh Pars of Par Parvizal Parzival? How do you say it? Yeah. Z. Z. I'll call him Z. Wade. Just Wade. Well, yeah, well, yeah. His actual his actual name. And actually, when he says this line, he like is Wade. He's like, we closed down the oasis on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So like, because you like, you know, you should like live your own life, you know, and like actually hang out with your family. I, I feel like I I would have to set restrictions on myself, like, hey, I can only go into the oasis on the weekends or like set aside a couple days. That's my oasis days. Because it, yeah, that would be wicked dangerous i mean yeah and 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 like i i thought about if this was if this was a real thing right now like how would i teach i have a daughter like how would i teach her about like how to be careful in the oasis and how like not to get totally sucked into it to where that becomes your life you know you're not instead of like eating and feeding yourself you're like oh i need more coin you know i i I, that'd be hard that'd be like a difficult thing to do and like add a whole other thing to parenting that's actually the plot of the second book is ah. they, they create a new version of the um the like the goggles that enables yeah. you to like it taps right into your brainstem and it enables you to actually feel and taste and like all of your senses are vibrant in the oasis. So people oh, just boy. live there now. They never leave. Ugh, and it's God. destroying people like they can't cope with reality anymore because it's not like reality has become the, the fictional world for them because they live full time in the oasis. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's also, it's so interesting that this guy, Wade, he lives in the, you know, they call it the stacks, which I think is awesome in, in fucking Columbus. Like what, what a great city to use. I think mm-hmm. like there's no other, there's like not many movies or stories set in Columbus. Right. I, yeah. I thought that was a really good choice. It's just funny how like everybody, <laughs> everybody happens to live there when it's like not that big of a city. <laughs> I, I, I like how he struggles with kind of the class part of, of that is like oh like i live in the stacks it sucks we're poor and we don't we like don't have money it's like i'm just gonna get away by going to the oasis whereas some people would be like no i want to get out of this environment i want to have a house i want to like make money i want to be i want to be like you know have job security all these different things 
but a lot of people seem complacent to just be like, I'll just hang out in the Oasis because like, fuck it. Like, I don't know what else to do. I like that part of the story more than anything. I think that's the most interesting. So I'm sure Ready Player Two sounds like it'd be more up my alley as far as just the, like it kind of taking over people's lives. I, I like that idea. That's really cool. I think both books are definitely more up your alley because the books really go more into the class side of things. The characters aren't all that likable. Everyone's pretty gray. Decisions are made for the wrong reasons. It's It follows the same trajectory as the movie, but a lot of events are much different. People die in the book. Like Okay, that too. I, yeah, I'm like, how, how is no one just dying? Uh, I, I, you told me that Wade in the book is like kind of this self-loathing, like, yeah, he's like, he's, he's an incel pretty much. Like he's just a, a fat piece of shit who has no actual connections to anybody outside the Oasis. And he's just like the, 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 the contest and, you know, connecting with H and Artemis actually makes him realize what a horrible human being he's been. And he starts becoming a better person, but then all that goes away in part two when he's got power. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then they cast Ty Sheridan, who's like a conventionally good-looking young dude, right? Just yeah. like a young, young white guy who's just like, yeah, he's he could like he not only could he play Wade, but he could like play like a high school quarterback, you know, like in a, a shitty coming of age movie. You know what I mean? He's in that like that that neutral zone where he could be a geek or a jock, depending on yeah. what glasses he's wearing. Yeah, kind of like an Andrew Garfield, you know, kind of yeah. like, dude, dude, you're hot. But like, <laughs> I get it. You can like play geek, too. Uh, yeah. I, I, I understand Comb that. your hair that way. All of a sudden, you're a nerd now. Yeah, and he does kind of embody. There's like his there's like a cadence to him. I don't think he's like an incredible actor or anything. There's a cadence to him that kind of reminds you of 80s young movie stars. Like, like my, he reminds me of Michael J. Fox a lot. Just kind of the, like the way he kind of like da 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 da, and and kind of the kind of the humor of it. So I, I, he's good for this character. I just don't think he's like an incredible actor or anything. Well, that Michael J. Fox thing is pro- probably really intentional because the character of Wade Watts grew up in the Oasis, obsessed with holiday culture. So he did grow up with Back to the Future and Teen Wolf, yeah, and Breakfast Club and Sixteen Candles and all that. So he probably modeled his personality after all that shit. Yeah, makes it makes sense. And so it's 2045 and maybe they maybe they say this in the books is there no pop culture from have you heard this before <laughs> have you thought about this i have thought about you know, this a lot yes you know what i'm gonna say like because like everything's 80s so like fuck the 90s fuck the 21st century and from like 2020 to because or wait when is it that he actually like opens the the oa 2025 or i think it's 2025 yeah and then so he dies in 2040, 15 years later. So like during that time where people, is there no pop culture because everyone's in the Oasis? You know, that would kind of make sense. I mean, because like, because like, where are the creators? Where are the movie directors? Where are, they've all, like, they're all like, all just live in this world that I was obsessed with as a kid. So like, why would I make the new Jaws when I can live in Jaws? Well, also the Oasis and everyone who's in it is you know, they're trying, they're obsessed with Halliday's contest. And, and he's so, obsessed with the 80s. Yeah. So everyone's obsessed about the pop culture that he loved. And they're all, and that's the, that, those are the people we focus on, the people who are worshiping Halliday and the pop culture that he worshiped. So since he grew up in the 80s, he's obsessed with the, with, you know, the 80s. And that's, kind, that's, that's, that was my rationale. It's like, this isn't, this okay. guy isn't going to see Avatar. He watched Terminator. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and it helps that there's like the scene later in the movie where you see like kid version of him, like with all of his shit everywhere, like just just stuff, you know. Yeah. So if he dies in 2040, and the 80s are 60 years prior to that, how old do you think he was when he died? Six seventy something probably. So you like maybe he was born in 1970. And then he like he went through like his teenage years in the eighties. That would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah, and also you know, I do think that the pop culture of the eighties is probably the most, uh, like all enveloping pop culture. Like it's the, I mean, there's stuff in the seventies and the sixties that you know were really cool and great movies and culture and stuff like you know Star Wars, Star Trek stuff like that. But there's something about the eighties that made it cool. Like, oh, and, and and comic books and video games. Yeah. And, I mean, like, video games became a thing, you know? Uh, like I, can, I can see an entire online universe being developed around 80s pop culture. I can't really see that happening around any other decades pop culture. No, not really. Uh, no, the 80s is, like, the most, yeah, it's, like, the most, like, vibrant. Yeah. The most, like, poppy, like, there's, yeah, there's, it just, you like, there's an aesthetic that you've, Right when you hear '80s, you like you can feel it. Like you, like I can see it in my head right now. With the '70s, with the '70s, it's similar to '80s with like you know certain music and whatnot. But there's there's like a darkness to the to the '70s that that's like that, I don't I don't feel that from the '80s. You know, like at all. I don't know. I feel like I feel like the '80s have a clear, like very clear definition, and no other decade has that. Yeah, one hundred percent. I agree. Uh. Yeah, that's a question. Yeah, we could go on and on about just the yeah. the power of the '80s and whatnot. But uh, and I mean, you know, this is not the last time we're gonna talk about the '80s. So, well, yeah, no, we'll have plenty of opportunities to go back to that. <laughs> yeah. So, so I guess your question, you your initial question was, what world would you go to? What where would you go aside from Back to the Future? Um, if you had to go outside the '80s, where would you go? I had to go outside the '80s. Okay. Uh, I would. All right. I was thinking about this earlier today. Are you going to Shawshank to hang out with Andy and Red? Am I going to get raped by the sisters? No, thank you. Uh, <laughs> which would other... technically, which would technically be like in the forties or fifties. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stay away from any prison movies just because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how powerful the AI is going to be in there. Connor was here. <laughs> oh my god. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, that's dark. Yeah, um, yeah, it is. I, I would go to the world of the X Files. Oh, okay. I would I would kick Scully out and I would be Mulder's partner. Because he needs someone Ooh. backing him up, not just on the streets, but in, in here, in his head. Mm-hmm. Scully just second guessed every single thing he was investigating, except when it was God, in which case, you know, she was like, it's God. And Mulder's like, fuck that. God's not real. Aliens are. I, I love them. <laughs> but I would want to investigate, you know, the liver guy and mutants and aliens and shit. Like that would be the best. Be terrifying, but it'd be the best. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a great answer. I you went with like a kind of a TV TV world. Uh, nothing wrong with that. I'd love to be like if you're talking TV. I'd love to be like fucking Badger and uh, Breaking Bad, like a side character who's like kind of knows what's going on, but is also an idiot and just like gets to fucking smoke meth whenever he wants. <laughs> it's just just hanging out in Albuquerque with a uh, combo and uh, uh, Pete. Well, I mean, technically, you don't need a, a video game to go do that. You can go smoke meth in Albuquerque as much as you want. That's true, but I think I'd rather do it video game <laughs> version so that my actual body doesn't have the effects. Yeah. 
I've always wanted to know what it's like to smoke meth, but I'm not willing to do it. <laughs> I would, you know what? That would be a cool thing to do. If I had this kind of universe, I would try so many drugs. I'd jump off of mountains and shit just to do it. Yeah. So, okay. That's a, that's a great point. Like I, like I've always wanted to be, um, I've never like had quite the opportunity and now I just feel like I've, I'm too, too much kind of, of kind of a wimp these days. I've always wanted to do like the point break thing, like go surfing and, you know, do like, like adrenaline rush stuff, you know, it'd be really cool to go surfing in the Oasis without like maybe dying. <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. All the reward, no risk. That would be, that'd be fun. Yeah. Hang out with Johnny Utah. Come on, come on. <laughs> I want to go, uh, <laughs> I want to go like uh, murdering with John Wick. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Or like get murdered by John Wick. Like, John Wick killed me. What does it feel like to have your neck snapped by a master assassin? Let's find out. Yeah, yeah. It'd be really cool to get like all, a bunch of your friends and be like, "All right, we're we're gonna like do the staircase scene from John Wick Four. Like, we're gonna be the ones that he's killing." <laughs> you know, like, oh, that'd be fun. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, the the implications are really like endless with this. I'd go hang out with the uh, with the uh Patty's pub crew and just get into all sorts of crazy ass oh, shenanigans. Yeah. That yeah. That that like breaks my mind because I'm like I I've always wanted to hang out with them. And, and like and so if I could actually do that, I I'd get lost. I'd get lost in that. Like I'd become like best buddies with Charlie, you know. At some point you'd be yeah, you'd be like Oh, what's what is Charlie always into? Like, was it glue or paint? Yeah, huff and paint, H- huff and yeah, huff and glue, huff and paint. Yeah. yeah, you'd be doing so much of that shit, you'd forget you were plugged in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. what is going on up here? <laughs> you take <laughs> off the goggles by accident and be like, ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, like like there's the episode where we don't see him killing all the rats. I love to go down in the basement with Charlie with a baseball bat that has like spikes on it, killing, killing rats like that. That sounds great. <laughs> catch an Eagles game, you know, catch an Eagles game with, with Mac and Mac and Dennis. Come on. Yeah. I, I, I could do that all day. Uh, this is, that's an incredible question because we could do an entire episode on just the possibilities of like where you would go. So good shit, man. Good yeah, shit. Totally. That was a blast. Uh, all right. Let's look into where this came from. So Ready Player One began life as a novel by Ernest Cline. It was first published in 2011. Uh, the film rights were sold before he was even done in uh, 2010. He wrote a sequel, Ready Player Two, which was published in 2020, but was met with a pretty negative reception. They've yet to green light a film on this. Everyone pretty much hated it, except me. I liked it. Again, like, I don't know what it is with this guy, but I'm on board with anything he does. Oh. That's that's great. Are you like a have you like read other Ernest Klein stuff or is this is this it? I haven't looked into other stuff he's written. I've only read Ready Player One and Two, uh, but I I breezed through part two. I read part one in one sitting on a plane, and I read part two in about two days when everything froze over a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, read it by like candlelight, which was weird, and uh, <laughs> it's neat. There's a scene like one of the there's another Easter egg hunt in that one, but for something else, and they have to go to Prince Planet. Ooh. They have to fight like seven different versions of Prince. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. great. Like Purple Rain Prince, Graffiti Bridge Prince. And like it was just like, and the revolution's backing him up. And yet, it was cool. 
<laughs> yeah. Sp- speaking of, uh, I, I keep thinking of things I'd want to do. I'd I'd want to like introduce heroin to or introduce uh, Harry Potter to like heroin and just ruin the entire <laughs> ruin, ruin the entire you know timeline of of Harry Potter. I would show up in the last movie. I'd go to the Battle of Hogwarts with a Glock and just blow Voldemort's brains out. Yeah, yeah. Introduce guns, you know. Yeah, having a little chaos. Yeah, like or go to the night he kills like Harry's parents and just give him like a gun and say like Voldemort, it's real easy to kill a baby. Just don't use magic here. <laughs> I mean, come on. All he's got to do is throw him out the window, oh, and there God. is no Harry Potter. Oh man. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm okay with that. I'm just saying there were options, Tom. There were options. Uh, you could yeah, yeah. Tom, Tom. Yeah, there yeah. Yeah. It'd be fun to like ruin the, like yeah, just entire, you know, franchises in stories. I'd go to Lord of the Rings. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, for, that's exactly where my mind went. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like when he says take the no, don't fucking take that ring, you stupid bastard. Oh man. Uh, oh, so good. Oh like I'd take the ring and just give it to Saruman. <laughs> and just yeah, do, just see what happens. Do what thou wilt. <laughs> Not my problem anymore. Yeah. 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 Give it to that golem guy. Yeah, he seemed cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> just like call i love to just like call people names like sam you're kind of a pussy <laughs> let's let's be let's be honest here you know if i take one more step be the furthest i've ever been oh come on you bitch as he's saying that i want to come up behind him and push him <laughs> like just ah yeah <laughs> gotcha yeah i would do that a oh. lot i would go into famous movies during famous scenes and just like push people over <laughs> yeah so can you so, uh, Damn, I'm gonna like go on a. I, my mind, my mind now is like so. It's all made up stuff. Like you can't necessarily change. I mean, obviously, by changing pop culture, you can change real the real world. But like, I couldn't go to like Michael Jordan's last game and like block his shot and be like, ah. Well, you could, but like, it's not gonna have an effect on the world or anything. Like, you could go to like you know play a game with Jordan and like beat him. <laughs> like you could do that, and you'll always lose. <laughs> Uh, so good uh, I love it I love I, lo- I love this is I had no idea this is gonna happen so I'm, I'm happy I imagine like most people are just gonna go to like the porn world and just stay there for a while yeah that's why I said boogie nights for like a weekend I don't need to be getting caught up in that shit you know I, I want to li- I want to go to the, the world of like where it's just you know random shit happens and all of a sudden everybody's fucking one another because I find that hilarious it's like I yeah. didn't turn in this library card on time well now you know what has to happen <laughs> eyes wide shut <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah orgy <laughs> oh man that's this is great uh good stuff yeah i have both books if you ever want to read them uh they're quick reads and they're fun reads yeah i may do that i may do that it might change you know just kind of like my my perspective so yeah, yeah. maybe i'll do that cool uh, so Warner Brothers acquired the rights to the book in 2010. Uh, Spielberg signed on to direct in 2015 and basically said, like, any reference to his own work in the book, he's going to cut. He, he thinks it'd be basically, you know, filleting himself to just throw in his own work. Like, there's no E.T. There's a he kept the dinosaur 
He kept the T-Rex from Jurassic Park because he was like, people people would like that. But yeah, it looks great. Yeah, there's no Indiana Jones references in this. There's no E.T. There's no I don't know, like. There is, he produced Back to the Future, but he was like, I got to put a DeLorean in there. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't do 80s without. Yeah. Yeah. People would be like, where's Back to the Future? Yeah. Me, me, I would be like, where's Back to the Future? <laughs> we wouldn't be having this episode if the DeLorean wasn't there. <laughs> you know what? Maybe. <laughs> it's, poss- it's, it's a possibility. Um, yeah. Whether, I, I guess, you know, like, how, yeah, no Jaws, you know, uh, it's like there's no way to. Yeah. I mean, you know, they could have figured out a way to have, you know, have a shark. But uh, I, I like that. I respect that. I do, too. He, he wanted to do this, but he also didn't want to make it look like he was, you know, jerking himself off on screen, which I get. I like that. I, res- I respect that big time. Yeah, it shows a it shows like a, a certain amount of, you know, grace and just kind of, you know, respectability to highlight, you know, here's my here's my my peer. Here's Stanley Kubrick on on a platform. Here's Robert Zemeckis on a platform. I, I I like that a lot. It's cool. I do like there's a little there is a lot of ego in there though, where it's like, you know, I know my work's the best. So it wouldn't be fair if I just showed off my own stuff. <laughs> I, I I love that about him too. I love I love that he's both respectable and a prick. Like I love I love that. You know, he like like I, I feel like he'd be fun to hang out with, but there'd be a couple times where you'd be like, wow, that guy's just full of himself. Like and that and rightly so, rightfully so. Yeah. If I had made that many masterpieces, if I was that influential on culture itself, you, you're goddamn right it would go to my head. Yeah, and it definitely uh, has come to a halt here with last year's The Fablemans. Uh, it's like, oh, you you finally did it. You made a movie about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I loved it. I thought it was fucking great. So yeah. uh, I, was, I was all in. Only Spielberg could say, you know, my mom is a whore to the entire world and everyone be like, okay. Yeah, here's a hug. Yeah, kind of weird that you that you did that you did that to your mom. (laughs) Like showed off your family's dirty laundry like 50 years after it happened. (laughs) Yeah, uh, have you ever heard of therapy, Steve? (laughs) But I did like the Fablemans. It was a good movie. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was fucking excellent. One of my favorite movies from last year. So, and my favorite, probably my favorite scene from the entire year was uh, the the last last bit there with uh with my guy David Lynch. So. Yeah, I'm very grateful for that movie. You'd probably would you you'd go to Twin Peaks, wouldn't you? Oof, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, uh, for a little bit. <laughs> I don't even like coffee, but I want I want some of that coffee. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, uh, to have a piece of pie with Dale Cooper, you know, uh, sure, of course, of course, I'd. But I wouldn't want to hang out there for long. It's too fucking weird, you know. There's too much too much weird shit going on. Uh, I. I, I, that's a lot of my favorite places though a lot of my favorite or my favorite like movies and shows and, and whatnot is like i don't really want to go there you know it's it's fun to watch from from here from my bed from my couch that's how i feel about breaking bad it's like i love that show but if i was involved in that oh my god i'd be shitting my pants constantly like terrified oh, i'm gonna get blown away by the cartel or this crazy chemistry teacher who's gone off his rocker it, it'd be fun it'd be fun though to to witness certain things that happen and and breaking bad and like you're just a guy who's just there you know like you don't have to be a you know main character you could just be some dude who's like you'd be like waiting you could be like in the lobby waiting for saul you know you could be waiting for like an appointment with saul goodman you know that that's the kind of stuff i'd want to do in breaking bad 
I would want like a DLC adventure with like me hiring Saul to like get me out of jail. Just no connection to Breaking Bad whatsoever. Just I'm about to be up for some bad charges and I need help. So I hire Saul. Goodman. Yeah. Yeah. Better call Saul. Yeah. Why, yeah. Why not? Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is great. We could do this forever. We could. We could go through every decade and pick our favorite, you know, places we'd want to go, whether it be TV or movies. So I, I don't think we're ever going to have a, a better opening question than, than this one ever. That's high praise. It's become the episode. It, yeah. <laughs> I would like, I would make a Nicolas Cage playlist of like his best adventures and join him. Like I'd be, I'd go into face off and national treasure and con air and Dude, just be there. Yeah. Like, you know, kicking ass with cage and he's fully aware i'm there and he's constantly giving me like you know way to go man good job that's that's righteous just crazy compliments yeah yeah that'd be fucking great yeah just always always hanging with nikki you know as you know whatever movie it is you know uh like fuck it let's go to ghost rider let's do it yeah. Ride some motorcycles. Come on. Let's I'm make- in like I'm in this I'm like in, in the sidecar neck on his like fiery motorcycle. Yeah, well, also on helmet. fire, but like with a helmet on, just like <laughs> super excited. Like ah! yeah, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> this is the guy that I'm obsessed with. Yeah. In Con Air. Like, can you just say Con Air, man? <laughs> I just want to hear it. I just want to hear just it from your I mouth. I just want to see the hair blowing in the wind and I'm I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I, yeah, it'd be so cool to be able to do that. I want to steal some huggies with H.I. McDonough. Yeah, can I? Or can I? Um, can I fucking go bowling with uh, the dude? Come on! Oh my god! Yeah, this is it's endless. It's like we we'll get sucked down a rabbit hole. Like it's it, we uh, yeah. Here we are. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Ah, uh, so, I I I'd go to the Matrix and be like, "Fuck you! I'm taking the other pill." <laughs> Uh, I'd go into Inception and like lose my goddamn mind because I'm like I'm plugged in and then in there I'm plugged in and then I get plugged in in there and eventually I'm going to have a psychotic break <laughs> I'm going to forget what level I'm on and just freak out yeah, we have, and we haven't even talked about the animated world you know you could, you could you could like try to try to like catch the toys in Toy Story like come into life like close the door open it back up ah! <laughs> gotcha buzz Oh man, yeah, uh, it's it's so neat. Oh man, I would yeah. go to like I'd go to Springfield, hang out with the yeah. Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, why not? Right? It'd be cool to have like a Simpsons version of you. You know, uh, yeah, okay, that'd be that'd be that'd be great. Like no matter where you go in the animated world, like it's it's a you're like you're you're a Family Guy. You're you know Simpsons. You're South Park. Uh, that'd be that'd be so sick. Like it'd be so cool to have like a paper version of you in South Park where you're just kind of like you know hobbling along. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. I'm going to be thinking about this all fucking night. I want to get fucked up with Randy Marsh and just go on adventures in South Park, just ruining people's day. Oh, man. Yeah. 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 That'd be, that'd be, be a good time. I could get caught up in South Park for a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, oh, this is, such, this is so neat to think about. <laughs> and, and like, and like, it's not going to happen, but. You bet your ass! Like I'm gonna be up tonight, fucking making a list in my in my notebook of like what you know what what places I would go to first, uh, you know, and and, and then and then in, in turn where those because because in this movie like one of my favorite parts of it is like when you see like Freddy Krueger like at this place, you know, like he's 
like gone to a different dimension. So like, it'd be weird. Who else would you see in the family guy world? You know what I mean? Who else would you see in Springfield? Uh, like hanging out with Homer, but that's like the cool part too. Like would me and you run into each other in Springfield? Like, Holy shit, dude. Like, there let's, you be are. Honest, let's be honest. We would 100% be doing this together the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and then I, if I was feeling real, real wild, I'd be like, Hey, Josh, Caleb, what are y'all doing? <laughs> They're in some wacky eighties, you know, horror movie. And I'm like, I'm feeling wild today. Let's go. That would be fun. Like go to the world of the thing and like fight the thing. Yeah. For like a ton of coin. Yeah. Oh fuck my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. You guys got to team up and fight the thing. Yeah. Uh, you get, you get thousands and thousands of coins. In the book, they go. I remember, like, e- there's planets that are revol- that are like director planets. Like everything on the planet is like it's a city built off of stuff that, like, he goes to John Hughes' world, and there's like, ooh, ooh, I like that. There's a vacation area. There's like the Griswolds live here. If you go to the train station in Chicago, Del Griffith's just sitting there, and you can talk to him. Like, how cool would that be? <laughs> yeah, that's neat. I like that. I like that idea. It's like an all-encompassing of someone's work. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so sick. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's that's tight. I like yeah, that. It's, it's so. It, I, I love this I, this idea of just everyone understands and respects and idolizes pop culture. It has consumed the entire world. It has become the most like important economic resource, and everyone just lives in it. Like I want, I want this so bad. <laughs> you never know, man. You never know. Yeah. I'm hoping in my lifetime, some brilliant scientist creates this, and I can just be like, "Goodbye, life. I'm gonna go live in here now." Yeah, I mean, you would think. I mean, maybe probably not to this extent, of course, but you would think at some point there's going to be something along these lines. You know, uh, th- you know, uh, it's not going to be the exact same because that's that's probably impossible. But hey. You got to do the impossible, like Halliday, you know. So, well, uh, hell, you know, yeah. in the '90s, people thought like this: this, this was impossible. The smartphone. Well, oh, we have VR. You know, we have yeah. like we have. You know, the first step is that is like capturing the the, the motion and the uh, like. You're actually there. That's like the first part. We've already, I wouldn't say mastered it, but we've like pretty pretty close to doing it as well as we can. And and yeah. that's the thing. And and people can just go buy that at fucking Target. You know, like it's insane. So uh, you can just order it on Amazon and there you are. You're playing, you're fucking shooting people and it feels like you're shooting them. It's yeah. uh, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's scary, but also, wow. You know, here we are. Yeah. We're only in our late twenties. The amount of scientific advancement we've seen in just like the last 15 years alone has been insane. Imagine what we're going to see in the next 15 years. I, I don't know. Yeah. So 2045 is about 20 years away. I, I expect the world to look a lot different. Yeah. I hope we, you know, start moving in the right goddamn direction for once. That'd be nice. Yeah, it'd be cool if, uh, you know, uh, the whole like hunger thing <laughs> was like the top top of our priority list. But yeah, you know. <laughs> maybe stop banning books because you disagree with them. Like, come on, stop it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the script changed some major things from the book, uh, particularly the three challenges. They're very different in the book. Mm. Uh, if I remember correctly, the challenges in the book involved uh, Dungeons and Dragons pretty heavily and um, the film War Games. Ah, okay. One of the challenges is literally he has to recite the entire script of War Games from memory. Whoa. So not exactly translatable to film unless like yeah. the middle of this movie is just the entire movie War Games. <laughs> and no thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be kind of, that'd be bold as hell, but <laughs> it wouldn't go well. 
It'd be hilarious. Yeah. Eventually, you'd be like, "Are they, are they doing the whole movie?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, At what point would you walk out? Like, would it take like ten minutes, twenty minutes, an hour? I, I feel like I would get to the point where I'm delirious and it's just hysterical, you know. And and because if it, with that in mind, it'd be like Steven Spielberg okayed this. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You know, like what a funny thing to do! Like such a fuck you. Uh. <laughs> um, so yeah, we talked about Wade Watts is not; he's a lot more likable in the movie. Um, some of the characters who died in the book uh, did not die in the movie. The movie's a lot more aimed more towards a, I think, a younger generation, whereas the book is very much like unapologetic. You know, there's a lot. More, the book's rated R, basically. God, if this movie were rated R, oh boy, it could it could do some serious stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Be a lot more, you know, like what was it the the crotch body suit? Like that'd be be a lot more happening with that. Yeah, a lot, a lot more going on with that. And like, I feel like the people in the stacks would be like fucking carrying fucking lots of fucking weapons. You know, like they'd be like, "You want to come to the stacks? You're gonna, you're gonna fucking get lit up in Mendelssohn." You know what I'd be really worried about going into the Oasis is like, if somebody's robbing me right now in the real world, I would have no fucking idea. Yeah. Yeah, like, how I often is that, that? Like, has, has real world crime like skyrocketed in this world where you put on the Oasis, all of a sudden, like you're getting mugged and you don't even know you're getting mugged? Yeah, I feel like I feel like the the human behavior would become like the beginning of Bo is Afraid, where it's just fucking chaos, you know, just like people stabbing each other and you know doing just all kinds of drugs and God knows what, right? And violence is through the roof, and I, yeah, I, I I would be so nervous to put that headset on. Like in the stacks where people could just come and yeah, just murder me. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning, Wade is like you know walking through people's houses just to get you know to the stairs. Yeah, it's so easy yeah. to just ruin somebody's life. Yeah, yeah. and people are just kind of like wandering around. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's interesting, you know. Like I think was it was it you who pointed out that like you know Wade has a a treadmill and is like aware that he's moving around, but like other people are just walking in the street. Yeah, so he's he's like when he's in the van, especially towards the end of the movie, he's like hooked up. So like when he's running, he's he's running, but it's in place, and like that made sense. So like when he punches, like he kind of stays at a standstill or or whatever. I thought that was a really smart decision, you know, to like have him moving but not moving. And and there were other people who were like inside their apartment, like Ralph Ralph Innocent's character, like never leaves that room, but he's like doing all this stuff. And then there's other people who are like in the middle of the city. <laughs> and I thought it was so funny just walking around and they're like, you know, holding up like they're holding a the gun, you know, and they're like, uh, which is like probably what would happen in real life. People would just be lost. They'd be like wandering around, you know, downtown San Antonio, like walking into the fucking river, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like do you remember the planking challenge where like people were like falling off of shit because they were like planking in weird places. Yep be a lot more of that a lot of just accidental death from t- dumbass people yes 100 percent, man people get so so you I, know i feel like it would get to the point where like running somebody over with your car would no longer be like that illegal because it would happen so <laughs> much <laughs> yes. it'd be like a fine at least at most <laughs> yeah I, I love the idea of someone being like at a at a red light and they put on their headset like i'll just play some oasis real quick you know, uh, so many idiots would do it while they're driving. Oh yeah. my god, they like I mean, go into yeah. like the Mario Kart world and just start wreaking real world havoc in their fucking van. 
Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the kind of stuff my mind goes to with a movie like this. Uh, how how fucked our society would be <laughs> if we really had this. Oh boy. <laughs> Jesus. Oh boy. Okay. Uh filming took place in Birmingham, England, uh, which stood in for Columbus, Ohio. I thought that was interesting. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. I mean, most of the most of the movies green screen. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Columbus had to look like something, and I guess they couldn't film it in, you know, Columbus. <laughs> I find that funny. Like when the real world place exists, and you're like, I know what'll work, Birmingham. Like what? Yeah, let's let's go across the pond for this. <laughs> yeah, maybe 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 it was like cheaper. You know, maybe it was like you know, because this is a big budget movie. Maybe they're like, hey, we can cut some costs by. Maybe they're like the the you know to pay for that land to film on. Maybe it was like cheaper, but. Because the, the CGI could not have been cheap. No, but I can't imagine it's that expensive to film in Columbus. I mean, <laughs> there's like, certain, certain people. Like, oh, like, you're going to film here, you're going to fucking pay for it. <laughs> certain places like, you know, L.A., New York, I get it. But Columbus? Yeah. Yeah. Spielberg couldn't foot that bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, guys, let's, 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 uh. Let's cut let's cut the cost here so we can spend more on, you know, making sure we get that King Kong looking looking nice. <laughs> oh I mean, yeah. hey. Okay. I, I I can't blame him. I'd rather have a nice looking King Kong than not be actually in Columbus, Ohio. You know, I don't really yeah. care about that. Yeah, digitize that monkey. Otherwise And, and yeah. is IOI in Columbus, right? I assume, considering how Columbus, Ohio, has just become a fucking mecca. In 2045, <laughs> Columbus, he says it's the fastest growing city in the country. At the beginning Smart. of the movie, so Smart. maybe something happened in those, you know, corn syrup droughts and bandwidth riots we don't get to hear about that caused maybe, Columbus, Ohio, to be like the new LA. Maybe that's where Holiday's from. But you know what? That is probably it. So that's why, like, he's so obsessed with Holiday. And that's why the like the holiday, you know, maybe that's maybe yeah, maybe like Columbus is now the New York City because he's he's brought like Silicon Valley and New York tech to Ohio. And Halliday's the kind of guy who wouldn't sell out. He would stay, he'd be like, I'm staying right the fuck here and doing my work where I'm comfortable. I'm not going, you know, he wouldn't say it like that. He'd be like, oh, well, I, you know. I think, yeah, they mentioned at the beginning. I think that he mentioned. This isn't this he says this is where Halliday and Morrow started gregarious games. Like that is why he's there. Okay. I forgot okay. about that. Ah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. That, that makes perfect sense. Okay. Yeah. That I, I, I can get on I can get on board with that, which is why IOI, this massive company, is also based in Columbus and, and not in Los Angeles or San Francisco or whatever. So it is one hundred percent because Halliday started the game there, so everybody flocked. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you have you have to have a you know, um, you have to have a shepherd, you know, like like for a movement of, uh, you know, like an industry like that. Someone's got to start it in a certain place. And Mark Rylance happened to be <laughs> happened to be that guy. I do love Mark Rylance and Simon Pegg. Like the fact that they yeah. hung out in Columbus is cool. I love the idea that Halliday is like Bill Gates and Jesus Christ, like combined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's- he really is like a savior figure to these people. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Underst- understandable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ty Sheridan was cast as Wade Watts, Olivia Cook as Artemis or Samantha Cook, I believe her name was, uh, Lena Waith as H, Ben Mendelsohn as Nolan Sorrento, Simon Pegg as Ogden Morrow, TJ Miller as Irock, and Mark Rylance as James Halliday. Uh, pretty decent cast, pretty well-rounded. Uh, 
again, like the character, for example, I rock in the, in the book, way more of a, of a sadist, like a straight on like murderer in the book and the movie kind of a dumbass comic relief. Yeah. TJ Miller doing kind of like the Deadpool thing. Just kind of like, you know, I, I kind of like him though. So I did like him constantly talking about his, his neck pain. It's just like, I think I got to see a specialist. <laughs> I, I, I love his line. Uh, I He's talking about, he like doesn't want to die. He's like, I got 10 years worth of shit inside of me. Yeah. <laughs> That's a camper <laughs> move. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Oh. Uh, in an interview, I thought this was interesting. Spielberg said this was the third most difficult movie he's ever made in his career behind Jaws I- and Saving Private Ryan. I've heard that. I've, I've I've read that or heard that somewhere. Fascinating. Yeah, it's probably because you know the C- this is such a CGI heavy film, and there's so much detail and so many different elements to get correct, just from like you know the foreground to the background to the way certain things look to the shape of things to the sound certain things make. He had so much to juggle, so I imagine you know that was that probably weighed on him. Probably a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Ready Player One has an IMDb score of 7.4, Rotten Tomatoes score of 72%. Critics consensus reads, Ready Player One is a sweetly nostalgic thrill ride that neatly encapsulates Spielberg's strengths while adding another solidly engrossing adventure to his filmography. I agree. I, I agree. I, I wish more people did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear that. I, I agree with that too, that consensus that it is... Just another reminder that this guy can kind of do whatever the hell he wants and he's just going to make it entertaining. He'll make anything, anything like worth watching. And I do think Ready Player One's worth watching. Yeah, me too, for sure, obviously. Yeah, um, I would hope so. I would yeah. hope so. You know what? I think I like this. <laughs> <laughs> the film was a decent hit financially, grossing $592 million on a budget of $175 million. I had I thought it was more than that, but, you know. Wait. It only made how much? Well, not only, but what was little, it? Five hundred? Little under six hundred million. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was more than that. Me too. Sure. I thought it was like in the eight hundred range. Yeah, I thought it was close to that 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 uh, billion mark. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I was. I guess not. I guess you know maybe that's why it's not a, there hasn't been a sequel because if you don't make a billion dollars as a you know potential franchise getter these days, you're you're nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That that's that that, that kind of sucks. I, I didn't realize that. So. Um, I mean, obviously, it's still a shit ton of money, but uh, also, I wonder if Steve Stephen was like, "I'm this is it. I'm not. I'm not doing a sequel. If you want a sequel, someone else has got to helm it, and I, I don't want anybody else helming this. I could see this going off the rails real fast without with like the wrong, the wrong hand. Yeah, you might be right about that. That's probably is what what's holding up the sequel. Spielberg doesn't want to do like, it. They don't want to yeah, do it without like, him. <laughs> He, he's like, hey, I got to make my fucking, you know, I got to make my Feldman's movie. I got to talk about myself a little bit more. The world has to know that my mom fucked my uncle. The world has to know. Yeah. And in this case, Michelle Williams and Seth Rogen. So, <laughs> oh, such great casting uh, and the Feldman's. I've never been in that situation, but I imagine I love Seth Rogen to death. I think he's great. But if I got cucked by Seth Rogen, <laughs> I mean... I feel like that would hurt even more. Yeah, something something ain't right. <laughs> I love Seth too. Yeah. Uh, Ready Player One was nominated for one Oscar, Best Visual Effects, which it lost to First Man. Uh, 2018. Yeah. Oh, I'd, I'd give that bad boy to Infinity War all day. 
I would too. I would I would consider Ready Player One. I feel like look, I like First Man, but in terms of visual effects, it's not doing it's not pulling the weight that Infinity War and Ready Player One are pulling. Yeah, First Man's more. Um, I mean, it's like way more grounded and like more like practical stuff going on. So I respect the nomination, but I mean, yeah, there's the just the sheer amount of budget and time that goes into Ready Player One and Infinity War is uh, is pretty pretty mind blowing. So. Yeah, Infinity War to me just looks fucking spectacular. So that's what I'd go with. There were two more nominees. I'm looking them up right now. 2018. Black Panther? Um, visual effects. Black- uh, no. Um, Christopher Robin and uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah. But Infinity War was up. It was up, yes. Okay. So Infinity War is up, but Black Panther's not. Okay. Uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, Christopher, yeah. Uh, I don't know. That just, I, I like for my categories to be stuff that I still want to care about years later. And, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we got, yeah, we got perhaps Marvel's finest hour. We've got a Star Wars movie nobody saw. We got Ready Player One. We got Winnie the Pooh. And it, the, the winner, the moon landing. <laughs> yeah. The, the winner, the guy who made Whiplash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I love First Man, but yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, Visual uh, effects is a, it's a tough it's a tough category. They've they've never really figured out exactly what they want to give it to, what kind of movies they want to give it to. Yeah, I agree. You think at this point, the, you know, considering how much visual effects have changed over the years, it have more of a handle on what it represents. Yeah, totally agree. The film is currently streaming on HBO Max. If you want to see it for yourself, that's where you go. Uh, so with that, let's take a brief break and then head over to the awards. So let's give some awards to Ready Player One. We have the Quentin Tarantino Award for the best line of the film, the Thomas Newman Award for the best music moment, the Philip Seymour Hoffman Award for the best performance, and the John Carpenter Award for the best scene. So let's start with the Tarantino. Uh, What is the best line of the film for you? Uh, Pretty simple line I have here. Uh, Just kind of relate to it, but also think it's... um... I don't, know, I don't know how to articulate exactly how I feel about it. I'll say it first and maybe it'll come to me. Um, it's from Halliday. Mark Rylance, I think, is pretty good in this movie. Pretty solid. Uh, he's kind of the, the savior of, of this world. I loved, I've love. i always loved the line. I liked it when I first saw it, I, so I remembered it. And for that reason, I remembered it and I was also impacted it, impacted by it this time when I watched it. So I kind of had to go with it. You know, It's the one that stuck with me. Yeah. And uh, it's the, the famous line of, she wanted to go dancing, so we watched a movie. <laughs> I, I I love that I love that line um, for for many reasons, not just because if anybody said that it could come across as you know pretty douchey, but when it's coming from Holiday, this this guy who has some some some, some like obvious obvious trauma and whatnot that's happened in his life, and this uh, this inevitable like awkwardness that's going to follow him forever, I, I just think it's a really interesting line. Uh, from him specifically, so I, I don't think I, I don't think if some douchebag in some other movie said this, I would like kind of relate to it or or understand it. Is probably the better word, but because it's him, the timing of it is a, kind of a cool moment of the movie. I just thought I thought it was like a really special special line, and obviously we love movies here, so I I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. You know, just wanted to go out go out dancing, and instead we went to the theater. Like that's such a you know, uh, 
sorry, I don't want to do that. Let's go see a movie instead. And you're kind of pulling, you're, you're trying to show someone yourself, be vulnerable and show, show that, show yourself. And I believe that's what Halliday is saying. Uh, some douchebags might, might be like, Oh, I don't want to fucking do that. You're like, you have to do what I want. I think Halliday is more kind of like, I'm not comfortable. Can we please do something that I'm comfortable with? Uh, so I, I like that line a lot. I like that. Yeah. It's, it's a good line that reveals a bit of ca- of Halliday's character. And he uh, he's a big, pretty big change from the book as well. I think in the book, Halliday's a little bit more of less of a human and more of a this force of nature who created something that got out of his control. And in the movie, like Spielberg definitely re, like he redid the uh, the challenges to revolve more around Halliday's like regrets in life and what he wished he'd done differently. And, you know, cutting out his best friend and never kissing the woman he loved and like these moments that to him were the biggest moments of his life but from the outside looking in they you know they weren't uh, and i like that you know because on a certain you know level i can relate to that you know it's it's awkward revealing yourself to somebody like that and not having you know it's re- not having it reciprocated hurts especially yeah. when you know you don't know what you're doing and he does not know what he's doing. He clearly has no social skills at all. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I liked his character. I thought Rylance did a great job just making this guy sympathetic and un- having the audience kind of understand where he's coming from. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, I thought it was thought it was really, really good uh, from, from Rylance. Uh, and, and he, it's kind of kind of like a transformative type, type role for him. Like, you don't, Totally know it's Mark Rylance until you like really look and you're like, oh my god, that's Mark Rylance. Like, look at him, like this crazy hair and whatnot. Uh, he's just a fantastic actor. But uh, I think, uh, do you like? Is your quote from him? Is your Tarantino from Halliday or no? Yeah, it is. Okay, I, I I think there's another line that complements the one I chose a lot, but I don't want to step on it if you're going to say it. Well, let's see. Um, mine is uh, towards the end of the movie. Uh, it's when he meets when Wade finally meets Halliday, not Anorak, but Halliday in the room. Yeah. And yeah. Halliday's explaining pretty much why he made the Oasis. Yep, this is the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Halliday says, I created the Oasis because I never felt at home in the real world. I just didn't know how to connect with people there. I was afraid for all my life, right up until the day I knew my life was ending. And that was when I realized that as terrifying and painful as reality can be, it's also the only place that you can get a decent meal because reality is real. Yeah. That's the lesson of the movie. You know, never forget that, you know, don't waste your life in pursuit of, you know, just frivolous things like, you know, film, television, games, pretty much all we do. (laughs) But also, you know, you also have a wife and a kid. So like, you're not just like alone in a basement somewhere just doing this. Like you found a balance. I am in the works of finding a balance and you got to understand. And we we're aware that this stuff is, you know, fiction. It's fake. It's not, there's no way to, it, it shouldn't control your life. And you should always, yeah, you, know, yeah. you should always be aware of the way your life is heading and always try to find, you know, realize if it's going in the wrong direction. Yeah. I am so glad you picked this quote because it, 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 it like, opens the door for the, the quote that I chose and like articulates like why I like it so much. It's, it's, it's that, but it's him saying in reality, in my own real world, I don't feel comfortable going dancing and like being out in front of people. I want to go see a movie because I can kind of get sucked in, which is what the Oasis is, you know? And 
I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, today, this is great. I'm having an absolute blast recording this episode. I, I always have fun hanging out. Of course, it's talking about movies, but it's also hanging out with a friend. But today, like, today was the first Sunday I've had off because we're recording on Sunday night uh, to have this. Now this is out Monday, this episode. This is like the first Sunday I had off in a long time. And the first Saturday, the day before I had off in a long time. And like one of the best weekends I've had in a long time. Because on Saturday, I feel like I feel like it was like so worth my time. You know, I got to go to your graduation party, Connor, and got to I've been around your family, but I felt like I got to know them a lot better yesterday. And the coolest part was watching my brother connect with your family. Watch you know, watching Adam, my oldest brother. Uh and he, like when we left, he was like, damn, what a cool family, you know? And it felt so worth our time. And when we were driving away, we were like, I, we could have stayed there forever, you know? And so that, that like made that a great day. And then today, I like as simple and as like easy as it sounds, you know, today hung out here with, with I got to hang out with my daughter quite a bit today. We like had a pillow fight that was fucking cool. You know, like we just like, she asked me, do you want it? She like whispered in my ear. I was like, do you want to have a pillow fight? And I was like, yeah. So we did that. <laughs> We did that on the couch, you know. We like beat each other up with pillows. She's four. She, I, I won. <laughs> and 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 then and then like as a family, all three of us drove to buy her a new shelf for her room because her shelf has been kind of like fucking up. So we finally threw that old shelf away and bought her a new shelf and like organized her books. Great day, you know. Great weekend. That's the, the ideal way for me to spend like my time in my own life. But goddamn, do I love getting locked into a world and watching movies, you know, and, and kind of, you know, it's not really video games for me. It's not so much TV. It's, it's pretty much watching movies. And when I can do both of those things in the same day, like I, I could die, man. I'm fine. Like I'm good. You know what I mean? I'm, 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 I'm very aware of who I am, very aware of like what's important to me. And if I get to do both the same day, I'll, I'll take that and put that shit in the bank no matter what. I'm, I'm cool with it. That's delightful, man. Yeah, we had a great time having you guys. It was it was such a, it was an awesome day. It I was, had, and it was fucking beautiful outside. It was yeah. like, damn, the sun's out, but the wind, the wind's blowing a little bit. Like it, we just we we hung out outside the whole time. Like we were just yeah. just chatting up, hanging out. So uh, it was great. Yeah, that was a I was smiling the entire day, and that's a that's a great day when you have no yeah. lull and it's just day to night, fantastic, one for the books. Uh hundred percent. And I love you know with holiday. It's also this juxtaposition of, you know, the world reveres him as the creator. Like, he's the guy who made the Oasis. Everyone sees him as this brilliant god who stumbled onto something that changed the world. But if you knew him intimately, like Ogden Mar Morrow did, he's a lonely man who had no one. Who knew, like, who lived inside of pop culture because it was safe. It was, there was, he didn't, he didn't take risks. He just, he created the Oasis as basically, like, you know, a hiding spot for himself. Mm. And no one sees that. Wade finds that out and realizes, I don't want to, I don't want to have, I don't want that to happen to me. You know, I want love. I want a life. I want friends in the real world. And this movie, you know, it reminds you to, to take that plunge to, you know, in real life, you know, introduce yourself, find somebody, make friends, have a career, have, you know, hobbies, like build a life for yourself outside the screen. And, you know, some people forget that I forget that from time to time, you know, but, you know, thankfully, you know, I have, I did this master's degree, which was, you know, a big defining moment for myself. 
And you know that I did that with. I mean, it was about movies, but still, <laughs> <laughs> right? the thesis was about movies. But hey, you know, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I'm making again. my I'm making my hobby my job, bitch. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's 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 the goal. <laughs> oh, for sure. If you can do that, you 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 got to try. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just I like the life lesson that Holiday represents as a character. Yeah, it it works on screen. It it totally works. Which is why, like, if he wasn't there, if this was just a shithead, if this was another Ben Mendelsohn just power hungry character, I don't think I I don't think I'd like this movie at all. You know, I think he mm-hmm. really he brings like like a, a weight to it that I, that I, uh, I makes it worth, worth watching the story unfold, you know, it's because of him. So then you can guess who my, you can guess who my PSH is. <laughs> you might not like the second book then. <sighs> oh boy. Halliday turns into a shithead. Yeah. Well, well, his what's it? Uh, his like avatar. Anorak. Well, basically it's been, the book's been out for like three years. So <laughs> basically um, you find out that Anorak is not a, an avatar um holiday before he died put his intelligence his brain into the oasis and this okay. is holiday <laughs> and ai holiday finds out that he's not an avatar that he's in, in intelligence and he decides well then I, I this is my world and i'm taking it back and threatens to pretty much kill everybody is connected to the oasis if wade doesn't do this thing for him so he's straight up the bad guy of the second book Man, intense. Well, all the more reason to read it, you know. <laughs> it is. I'm telling you, it's a it's a good read. It's it's fun, and the challenge rise is, and fall. Yeah, it's it's neat, and it ends kind of like, oh, that's cool. But I can see why it, it was divisive for people. Why some people were like, this is shit. But you know what? I didn't think it was shit. I like divisiveness sometimes. Yeah, me too. We need. I think we like need that in culture. Yeah. If everything was just sunshine and rainbows, we'd all blow our goddamn brains out. We need some some friction from time to time. Yeah, you need people, you need haters, you know, you got to have those haters out there. And you also have to have, you know, people who are crazy about stuff. So love it. <laughs> uh, the Thomas Newman Award, best music moment. Uh, okay, score. I think it's a Sylvester, not one of his yeah, finest hours, but fine. Yeah. the soundtrack's pretty loaded. So uh, I'm wondering what you went with here. Oh, yeah. Soundtrack is loaded. Um, it's it, it's not my favorite 80s stuff, but I do get to, like, I get down with it. You know, like, I'm cool with it. And, the one artist slash band that I totally get down with is Joan Jett, you know? So, uh, also our first time really going into the Oasis with, uh, with Wade and, uh, you know, hate myself for loving you is playing before the race. And you're like, this is pretty tight. <laughs> you know, this, is, this is pretty sick. I'd be ready to race. You know, if I were, if I were hearing that song, you know, like blasting and you got all these engines revving and boom, boom, boom. And like right there, when you see all the car, I mean, there, there are, I mean, Easter eggs references just all the way down the track, you know, uh, not just the obvious stuff, but there's just stuff like riddled throughout that scene. So, uh, you know, even like the, um, space balls van, you know, it's like, like, there's just so much shit in that moment where you're like, wow, this is, this, this is what you're like. This is the ride you're about to go on. So enjoy it. And it is, it is a, it is a fucking sick scene. You know, I almost chose it for my, carpenter because like when king kong comes up you're like oh that's that's pretty pretty cool (laughs) yeah it's awesome i love the 60s batmobile that like you know eats shit at the end of the race i love (laughs) yeah 
the Akira bike, the, the Jack oh, Burton's dude. Pork Chop Express from Big Trouble in Little China's in that race. Yes, yes. Like, how do you not? As a as a you know a spiritual child of the '80s, how do I not just like have a giant ass smile on my face the whole time? Yeah, that that part is fucking cool. Just slapping you in the face, like, hey, this is this is what you're watching. If you don't like the '80s, you should probably probably go ahead and leave. You know, uh, uh, Christine is in that scene. <laughs> so so sick. I know there's one big pop culture moment I noticed this time that I'd never noticed before. And I've seen this like 10 or 15 times. The scene where uh, they're at the the dance, like the, the dance club, the something globe. I don't remember what the dance club uh, and the bad guys show up and Artemis starts shooting at him. She's using the fucking pulse rifle from Aliens. Oh, uh, nice. Nice. Yeah, That's I recognize sick. the like the noise of the like pew, 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 like the, the, the shooting noise. I'm like, I know that. And then I was like, That's Aliens. <laughs> It was cool. 19, 1986. Yeah. <laughs> um, I almost picked Joan Jett's I Hate Myself for Loving You for my music moment. I had it for most of the movie. And then um, the final challenge kicked in with uh, Wade throwing out a call for help across the whole oasis. And thousands of fellow players show up to fuck up Sorrento and his plan. And Twisted Sisters, we're not going to take it, starts playing. And I was like, fuck yeah, yeah get him. <laughs> yeah, so cool. <laughs> I'm not gonna take it. It's a perfect song. And Wade's holding up a goddamn boombox like Kusek can say anything. It's like, come on. Uh, a movie that I don't really like that much, but I love the reference. Never seen it. I just appreciated the, the reference. Yeah, it's it's fine. I, I like Cusack, but yeah, the movie's fine. Uh, oh, a line I almost went with was um it's fucking Chucky. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's good shit. Uh, I I almost picked that as well. It's just funny, yeah. Because yeah. like I would say, I would say that, yeah. It's also PG thirteen, so it's the only f bomb in the movie. I love a good, you know, Chucky being used as a weapon. He's just chucking it at people, and Chucky's just stabbing his way through the bad guys. Chuck and Chucky, yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Uh, I mean, I would I would be cursing more than ever if I if I. If I like you know saying crazy shit you know like be cursed like a sailor if i saw all the stuff that they're seeing yeah i'm amazed everyone can just keep their composure but i guess if this is everyday life it's it becomes yeah. less of a novelty you do get you do get a little used to it yeah yeah uh the psh best performance mark, mark rylance uh, i've already spoke plenty about him just i think he kind of is like the glue of the movie the character is kind of the glue but uh yeah i don't think I don't think Sheridan's like, you know, he's not bad, but he's not great. Um, Simon Pegg, for the moments he's in, is really, you know, it's a nice, nice, nice role, but he's not in it a lot. Ben Mendelsohn, I love Ben Mendelsohn. Cool character actor. I think there's a couple times, I would, I don't know what I wanted from him, but he just like didn't quite give it. Olivia Cook, completely underused, underutilized. I think she's incredible. Uh, I wish she was in it more, but we see, we're with Artemis and, and, First of all, a ton. So, you know, it's a, it is, you know, it's a, you're in the Oasis more than you're in the real world. So I, I understand that, but goddamn Olivia cook, man. She's, I, I just think she's so underrated. Uh, so I would like to see her more. She could have won this award if she was in it a little bit more, but uh, yeah, TJ Miller does some good stuff. Uh, what's the, I, I like the, the little boy who plays, I think show is his name. I can't remember the kid's name. I looked it up earlier, but he, he's good. Uh, he's like got some funny lines, but yeah, overall, I just feel like Rylance like stuck with me. So that's who I went with. Yeah, I second. I went with uh, Rylance as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. Shocker. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> he's great. He's he is the, you know, the the man behind the curtain. He's the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And it's played like that, you know. We see him mostly as Anorak, this, you know, sage of all-knowing, and then we meet, you know, the actual Halliday and he's this scared little man hiding in his bedroom. Yeah. And he played both sides of that very well. I agree. Uh, I my second place is Mendelssohn. I think he plays a great douchebag. He's so good at that. Just this oh, yeah, power he, hungry yeah. prick. Slimy. Yeah. Yeah. Just ugh. uh Boss the, Man 69. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the book, even more despicable, the shit he does. Uh, I do think, you know, if this movie had been rated R, I think it would have attracted more people. Uh, I definitely would like it more. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 I just think I, I think people would be reacting a little more you know, hostile to certain things, uh, more guns and more guns would be cool. Uh, I hate to just be like that guy who's like, make it more violent. But I feel like this, like the, what gets brought up in the story would, would cause fucking chaos, you know, and, and, and violence up the ass. So yeah, I think, I don't know. It appeals to, you know, younger people, right? Well, when you do the PG 13 thing. Yeah. But yeah, if you do the R, your legacy might be, might be better. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, it's a, it's 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 tough to navigate. Yeah, it is. It is. It it's not. It doesn't strike me as a. What's the word? I guess it's like a aimed at late. I don't know. Late teens, early twenties. I guess is what it's aimed at. I guess because that's kind of what Wade seems like. He's that's the age he's at. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's imagine. not. It's clearly not aimed at like nine and ten year olds. But it's also not aimed. I don't know. But then with all the '80s shit, it's aimed at like sixty-year-olds. So um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, the '80s pop culture, you know, it's it's been passed on. It's you know, my parents had it. They gave it to me. So there's a wide range of uh, of a target demographic here. Yeah, and if it was R, I feel like they still would have made a lot of money. It still probably would have would have reached it. Like I, I feel like like our parents' generation. Probably would have been more inclined to see something maybe that was R dealing with this kind of subject material. I feel like my dad, if he saw the trailer, he'd be like, Oh, that's that's probably for younger people. Like, I'm not gonna go see it. You know? But if he yeah. knew it was like if he knew it was like intense 80s stuff, he'd be like, Well, that you know, my, my dad was born in 61. So he'd be like, that was literally my 20s. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Not sure what would have happened, but uh obviously Steven Spielberg like knows what he's doing. So <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I mean I who am I to question? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Here we are. America's yeah. director. <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah the goat for American storytelling as far as the the screen goes. So yeah, I can't can't really can't really say he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, with that, uh, the John Carpenter Award, the best scene of the movie. Uh, where'd you go? Uh, where do you think I went? You know, The Shining. Um, it's the place. It's the movie that gets referenced the most that I like so that I love really. So initially when I saw the trailer, cause there's like a, there's like a, a tidbit like, Oh, Oh my God. Like that's the shining, you know? And it's like going to come to life in this movie. Initially I was like, fuck that. Like, no, you can't do that. You know? And then I watched the movie and I was like, okay, that was, that was kind of tight, you know? And then I watched it this past time and I was like, Oh, this is my favorite part of the movie. And, and it had that effect of, oh, my God, I want to watch The Shining. You know, like immediately it was like, I, I, I want to watch The Shining now. <laughs> it's, it, it had that on me. Uh, the Room 237 stuff is great. 
the blood through the through the elevator down you know through the halls through with h who like has never seen the shining because they don't like horror movies i thought it was that was a good like good gag uh, it's just it's just incredible to see it come to life right uh, my favorite part of the scene though is they're outside and it's on the marquee says the shining and they walk into the theater and it's you're in the hotel i was like that's such a cool cut like not only are you walking to a movie theater, you're walking into the movie inside of a movie theater. <laughs> it was that I thought that was a really cool decision. Good editing. It looks pretty good. You know, like, you, you know, it, it obviously doesn't look exactly like the movie, but it looks pretty good. And uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can watch that for 30 minutes. You know what I mean? So I thought, thought that was the moment that connected to me the most. Yeah. I also went with The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah. I was not expecting this when I saw this the first time I was into the movie and then, you know, they started talking about the shining and then they brought, you know, the overlook and I'm thinking, no, are they about to, are they going to go into the shining? <laughs> and then they did. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't know you could do this. Yeah. Me neither. Me that neither. is so cool. I'm so glad Warner do brothers you, owned the rights to both of these things. Do you think Kubrick would be like cool or would he be like, fuck this? What Kubrick liked and disliked is such a giant disconnect to who he was. It's it, I I honestly think he, it, it could go either way. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> I I think he'd be intrigued. I think he'd be you know he might be like, I didn't like it, but I get why people do. I think he'd have more of an approach that you had. Yeah, 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 and and you know like they had they had like a friendship so. I think I think there's something cool there, and I think maybe if he were alive, Kubrick, maybe Spielberg doesn't do it. Mm. Maybe Spielberg, maybe Spielberg does it as an memoriam, you know, kind of like, hey, like if I'm going to talk about the '80s, I'm going to talk about probably probably the best genre movie from the '80s, you know. So and that's obviously debatable because there's so much you know great action and and different wacky shit from the '80s, but The Shining is this movie that has just lasted. Like it's just aged so so well, and every kind of cinephile like loves it. So there's no there's no like question about it, right? You know, like so many there's so many you know Titanic type you know '80s movies that some people are gonna find divisive, like a Ready Player One. But with The Shining, it feels pretty unanimous. It's just kind of like this movie fucking rules. So it's cool that they spent the most time in The Shining. You know, there's references out the wazoo, but they spent the most time, like within a within a single movie or video game or whatever, in The Shining. You know, with all this, you know, kind of kind of wild stuff that they could have done. They're like, we're gonna go to this, we're gonna go to this like kind of scary hotel for the for like that's gonna be the where we spend the most time. Uh, that's so cool. Well, I imagine horror movies are infinitely scarier if when you watch them, you're fucking in them. You know, like. Whew, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, really, really, in my opinion, when I was watching it, H has an advantage because they don't know about those goddamn twins, <laughs> you know? Uh, so, I, I mean, you know, if I saw those twins, I, I mean, I would run. I'd be like, we need to get the hell out of here. Get this fucking VR headset off me as fast as I can. <laughs> but if you haven't seen it, you're like, you know, you're like, whatever. But um, I don't know, man. It, there's something about that initial when they walk in and you see the lobby. You see the typewriter. It's just, it's just so cool. It just chills. It, it like, it like, if this movie started at, you know, I like to give every movie kind of like started at a certain point, 
like say you know out of you know like start the movie at kind of like a like a five like a halfway point if it starts getting better and better and better this movie raises it from like a five like it like goes up three ratings because of that scene you know so yeah. uh i i can i can see why some people would be kind of like turned off by it but i, I was not i i think it's the it's the use of the of the shining main theme that gets you Dude. gets your gets yeah. your ball rolling because i mean it's cool to go into the movie but the second you hear the boom 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 you're like oh yeah. shit then you're like oh boy <laughs> yeah that was who the knows? moment that was the moment that made me love this film who knows what could happen now the one thing that i would change about the scene if i'm if i could nitpick is i'm not i'm not crazy about the way they went about um h's kind of ride through room 237 uh because in the movie that that feels so real that feels so so real like what happens to the old lady in in this movie ready player one they they obviously like over exaggerate the hell out of it and then there's like the giant axe and you know going through the maze and it's coming through everywhere that that part of it i'm not like crazy about it's entertaining but i'm not crazy about it whereas just the initial walking through the you know the, going under the marquee walking in and seeing the lobby i was just like this is so cool <laughs> you know that this is this is like why i think i wanted to see the movie in the first place so but um but shit, man, The Shining is the most most used movie. Pretty crazy. I love that the mark, like the name of the theater, is the Overlook. That's yeah, yeah. And also, it's like just... they're not going into you know the official The Shining. They're going into the Holiday Challenge built inside The Shining. True, true. So that's why all that crazy stuff is. That's there. why the crazy. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I'm too. I'm like too literal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel, I feel like you'd be there like trying to enjoy the shining movie while that shit's happening. And you'd be like, get, get out of my, like, this is my time. I reserve yeah. the shining. <laughs> you don't need to be in the frame right now. Yeah. <laughs> Four to seven. It's my time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I was, I haven't seen the shining in a while. And I, I honestly was like, I, I need to change that uh, after watching ready player one. So if anything, it made me just want to watch one of my favorite movies. I, I, t- I tend to reserve, my watchings of The Shining now for uh, introducing it to somebody else, dude. Yeah, I feel that way about a lot of my favorite like horror movies, genre movies that are kind of have a tone about them. Yeah, and I feel that way about The Shining too. Where I'm like, I don't want to just watch this willy nilly, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like, I don't want this watch to go to waste. This has to mean something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I definitely feel that way so much more now than I did, you know, a few years ago. I feel. Yeah, I feel like it needs to be an event. Yeah, like if it's a playing at Draft House and I've got some time, why not? Like, oh, that's, gonna... that, they're making the event for you. Yeah, exactly. It's like I, I'll, I accept. Yeah, <laughs> seeing it on the big screen, you know. Yeah, that that whole bit, it's carving out carving out some time on a Sunday to do that. Yeah, it's, that's a great choice. Um, another scene I I could have gone with um is the arrival of Mecha Godzilla fighting yeah. the oh. giant. Dude, and then Iron Giant to Gundam, like, oh, come on, yeah, so well, sick. It was when Sorrento puts on Space God or uh, Mecha Godzilla, and then fucking Godzilla's theme song kicks in, and you're like, oh my god, <laughs> I was just, I still got chills. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I hear you, man. Iron Giant, interesting character uh, to use in that moment because Iron Giant was like this, like '50s, like peacemaker, <laughs> you know. And then in this movie, it's he's like just a weapon, you know, just like go kill. 
<laughs> I have a um I think I yeah, I have one of my uh what's in the box reviews that was a big issue with them. Oh yes. Oh yeah. dude. I can't wait. I forget about what's in the box. Yes. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. With that, let's see what Letterbox has to say about Ready Player One with our next segment, What's in the Box. What's in the fucking box? Three point two out of five on Letterboxd. Pretty good. Pretty middle of the road. Yeah. Uh, I personally have it at a four and a half out of five. I think I have it at a three. So I'm like, right. I'm like with the consensus. Yeah. I think Adam had it at a two. When I saw oh, that, boy. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, I had him. It's <laughs> uh, uh, funny. So I have five reviews here. A uh, couple really negative ones, one positive one, and a couple just really <laughs> funny one liners that I needed to include. Okay. This first one's from Lisa the Beauty Queen. All right. (laughs) The Iron Giant was a beautifully done satire on the paranoia of 50s America and the Red Scare and actively promoted a pacifist ideology. The titular character even says, I am not a gun. In Ready Player One, the Iron Giant is turned into a gun and nothing more. (laughs) Ready Player One doesn't care what art has to say. It only cares what art looks like. It appropriates the art of others into a self-insert fan fiction that doesn't understand theme, subtext, or anything substantial about what film and games actually are. It's one of the first times I've ever seen that, or one of the first films I've ever seen that I would have a hard time actually calling art half a star. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> half, half a star. I mean, well thought out. Um, well thought out stuff, but sounds like you don't like having fun. Uh uh, yeah, I I get where some of the that that lies. I I like I I hear it, but Jesus, don't need to be so fucking negative. <laughs> negative. It makes me uh, think like, were they on board until the Iron Giant showed up, and they're like, "How <laughs> dare you?" That's my favorite movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, half you, a star. They Jesus. forget that there's a giant section of the Iron Giant where he goes nuclear and almost levels a town with all of his guns. Yeah, it's it's kind of the the climax of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> good shit though it's uh, yeah. a but great I, self-insert fan fiction yeah but like we already laid out you know the message here is you know don't let it consume your life and try to find a balance so like there is something to say here yeah yeah even though it's not this super complex idea uh, it's still important to hear simple ideas, you know, every now and again, uh, like those are the ones that can actually be applicable to life. So yeah, I, I get where they're coming from, but also just like, all right, maybe, maybe like stop watching the movie and don't write the review. If you're just like, you know, if you're so miserable watching it. <laughs> all right. This next one's from Jake Cole. Spielberg follows up his most embarrassing, serious drama with his most embarrassing blockbuster. <laughs> Barely attempts to grapple with the social subtext that, in fairness, the book's author ignored entirely within his own text. Otherwise, this gives in to the insipid parade of pop culture references, including a newly crafted Kubrick riff that is so god-awful that I cannot believe he made something as respectful of that director as AI. An incel epic one star. Damn, Jake. Uh... Did you, did you read the book? Because I read the book and I, I I picked up on the social subtext pretty easily. Oh, man. Jake, Jake Cole. All right. 
Yeah. Unfollow. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That that's 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 great. That's even like more that that feels like a half star review right there. So his most emb- Spielberg's most embarrassing serious drama. I I guess that would be the post. That was 2017. Yeah, you're yeah. right. I thought that I think I mean, the post was okay. It was yeah. fine. I mean, you know, that whole st- I've seen better stories about that whole t- situation. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like embarrassing, I no. But there's nothing embarrassing about trying to do something like trying to make something. You know what's embarrassing is when I shit my pants in fourth grade in the middle of the classroom. That's embarrassing. There's not there's not one movie that Spielberg has made that's embarrassing. You know, I like what have you done? You know, Jake Cole. You know what I mean? Like, dude, like I I I love movies so much. I try to like at least give them the respect of they tried to make something. Sometimes it doesn't pan out. Sometimes it's not for everybody. You know what I mean? Like, it's not all going to be fucking Jaws, you know? It's just not going to happen. Like you said, not everything's, you know, rainbows and fucking sunshine. Like, you're, you're, some stuff's going to be divisive. It's, and that, that's okay. That is, that is okay. I'm looking through Spielberg's filmography here and trying to see like stuff I didn't like. And I guess like Empire of the Sun, I didn't really care for. It's all right. Yeah. War of the Worlds. Yeah, but that's it, really. I mean, everything else, I was like, "All right, pretty good." I, I just, I just don't care. Like, I, I don't care. He's made like fifty movies, so, <laughs> and like thirty of them, I really, really like. So, I just don't. I mean, I respect the dude for trying, like, over and over, being like addicted to his craft. I, I just appreciate it, and it can't, it just can't be easy to make banger after banger after banger. So, yeah, chances are there's gonna be some that aren't for everybody, you know. Uh, I, I, even movies that I like just I just watched the Point Break remake a couple nights ago I mean it's it's bad it's bad but like I'm not gonna fucking rip apart everyone involved like they made a movie they tried they tried something what have I done you know what have I fucking done you know I'm, I'm talking about movies on a podcast I have no I have no right to just be like this is just an embarrassing piece of art like no, they, they tried to do something. It didn't quite work out, you know? So, whatever. It is so weird when people take, like, a bad movie personally. Yeah, like, get over yourself, yeah. <laughs> you know? I've, I've had I, movies I, I hated that I spent money on that I was pissed that I had spent money on it, but then I'm like, all right, next thing. Like, I'm not stirring over yeah. it. constantly thinking, like, that was embarrassing. How dare he do that to my to, to me and my time? exactly exactly like it wasn't intended for only you you know <laughs> you know because because there's there's probably some fucking dads out there like older dads who are like point break remake was kind of sick you know and, and good for them good for them you know they found something i'm sure like my dad would love it because it's just full of action you know so whatever whenever <laughs> so my, i see a lot of movies with my mom because she's a big movie buff and we we have fun but whenever there's something out that I don't want to like that she does not want to see and you know I'm like it'll be fun trust me she always reminds me that in 2004 she took me to see the Yu-Gi-Oh movie <laughs> and that that's always like a checkmate and I'm like yeah. fair enough yeah and I'm like well I saw <laughs> Pride and Prejudice and Zombies so we're even <laughs> but um yeah 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 it's the you know Yu-Gi-Oh! The movie had an audience. It was people who liked Yu-Gi-Oh! If you don't like Yu-Gi-Oh! and you go see that, you are going to fucking hate it. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly like why I haven't seen what is it? Uh, isn't it like a Pikachu movie? Like I, yeah, Detective Pikachu. I think. Yeah, like I don't. I'm. I wasn't a big Pokemon person. So like, if I watch that in my own time, that's on me. That's <laughs> that's that's on me. If I if I if I end up liking it, great. But I'm not gonna be like half a star, a piece of shit. Like it's not for me. <laughs> you know. I'm not going to be that mean to it because I'm like miserable. So yeah, Letterboxd is really funny because there's so many people out there who are like ready to just rip stuff up. Like they're like vultures, man. You know, they're just like, oh, you're not, you're not the greatest thing ever. Here, here we go. I'm going to give you my two cents. So yeah. that's like one of my favorite things about this segment of the show is like, I get like heated about, <laughs> about these people that, that just like think that like whatever their mind likes is just like that's the standard. See, my my approach is basically like I hope I never find the greatest thing ever because only one exists. And once you find it, it's all downhill from there. So why not just enjoy the ride? Yeah. What's funny is you probably have seen like what's the greatest to you. You're just like not admitting it. You're like, no, no, no. no we all no. know what my greatest is. If I compared every single movie I ever saw to Back to the Future, I would be a miserable piece of shit. <laughs> You can't, you can't do that. You just can't. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> this one didn't that. even have any time travel. One star. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> Where is Christopher Lloyd? Half a star. He's not even in most of these. Like, why bother watching them? <laughs> uh, I would hate that guy so much. <laughs> yeah, there's not a DeLorean in sight. Like fucking gladiator. Yeah. There's no DeLoreans <laughs> in Gladiator. This movie sucks. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh jeez. Okay. That's next, great. That's that's great. I love that. This next one is an, the exact opposite of Jake Cole. All right. Here we go. Adrian Thomas. You can't beat Spielberg. You'd be a liar if you say you weren't entertained or at least impressed by its insane amount of detail gone into it. For a two-hour and twenty-minute film that felt like that felt more like ninety minutes, it's so fun. Highly recommended to watch on the big screen. I myself want to watch it again soon. Also, Kubrick would be proud. Four stars. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I feel similarly. You know, I, I don't like it as much as that guy, but I'm like, if you're not like having at least like a little bit of fun, I don't really believe you. So you know, or you're not like like I love, I love the word impressed. You're not impressed by the detail and the the references and the Easter eggs. Oh yeah, it's this movie's not totally made for me, but I can still appreciate the things that you appreciate. You know, so uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm on board with that review. I like it. Yeah, even hypothetical alternate reality compa- constant comparison, Connor can get on board with this one because there is a DeLorean <laughs> in it. So it's at least like 15 percent Back to the Future. Yeah, and you have you you for you. I know you like Mark Rylance anyway. Yeah, and you're one of the bigger Simon Pegg fans I've ever met. So there you go. You know, you're taking things that you like a lot. You know, here you are. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, And these last two are just one-liners that had me fucking rolling. Uh, This one's from Georgina. Maybe we need to start bullying nerds again. Two and a half stars. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm good with that. That's funny. <laughs> Two and a half stars. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's that's good. 
Yeah, you know what? I I kind of agree for different reasons, but that that's <laughs> this is not the time. Yeah, yeah. No. Film guys and we'll stay away from that that subject. Yeah. No. Uh <laughs> this last <laughs> one, I was like, oh my God. This is from Will Sloan. It felt personally empowering to see white culture represented on screen. One and a half stars. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yep. That's pretty good. The future's oh. looking a little pale in Ready Player One. <laughs> yeah, uh, Halliday's not a, not a big Run DMC guy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I ain't seen any uh, Beverly Hills Cop in there. No, 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 Rich, yeah, no Richard Pryor. No, no yeah, Richard. no Richard Pryor. No Eddie Murphy anywhere. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh boy. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, not something that's... I was thinking about till I saw that, and I'm like, oh boy, yeah. You know what? Yeesh. Yeah. No. No Spike Lee. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, you know. Um. I didn't really think about that, but that's probably why. My my wife's seen it, Brianna. She's just like is like nah. <laughs> she just like isn't it doesn't get it, you know. Uh, so I, fair enough, you know. Um, I understand. It. I mean, if you're you know if you're going to celebrate all of the the pop culture of the '80s and leave out quite a lot of it for certain demographics, it's like you got to expect some pushback on that. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, I never really never really thought about it just like just like that that review. <laughs> Just the way they word it. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, another solid representation of white culture. Can't we just all enjoy that? No, no, we can't. Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's what's in the box. Uh, pretty middle ground uh, film. A lot of people love it. A lot of people think it's dog shit. I, I love it. And it's my number 10. I, I, I saw so one review I saw that I thought maybe you'd choose was like a like one or two star. <laughs> I can't remember. Who, I can't. I wish I could remember who who wrote it. But they said this thing's already in the five dollar bin at Walmart, <laughs> and it was like it was like in two thousand eighteen when the movie came. <laughs> the review was written five years ago. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Well, a lot of movies are <laughs> in that bin these days. True. You go through that. You go through that bin. You can buy like it, Indiana Jones and the fucking Crystal Skull 2008 movie. You can also buy like Citizen Kane, you know, and those those like buy three for ten dollars. Like those bins are just like a total grab bag. Yeah, I don't really you know because of that. I don't see the like the discount bin as like. A detriment to the film's success anymore. I, just, I love the discount yeah. bin at Walmart. It's overstock. Yeah. You know, we everything must go that's in this box. So take it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've I've found some gems through that. Like my some gems. My uncut gems Blu-ray is a five dollar Walmart bin from like 2021. Like I bought it like two years after it came out for five bucks. So I I my copy of Django Blu-ray also a five dollar five dollar bin buy. So come on. Back in Maryland, I had a buddy who told me he would go to Walmart and just throw movies into the bin, like take them off the shelf and throw them in there and then go oh. to check out. And when they'd come up as full price, he'd be like, I found this in the bin. This is supposed <laughs> to be five dollars. And nine times out of ten, they wouldn't give a fuck. They'd be like, oh, OK, and change it to five bucks. Yeah, they work at Walmart. Yeah. yeah. 
Like, I'm not taking a bullet for this. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. That is fantastic. I love that. He got away with a lot of a lot of films doing that. Yeah, it's really smart. Yeah. I never had the balls to try something like that. Yeah, I I I don't think I should admit some of the stuff I've done here uh <laughs> recording, uh as far as yeah, purchasing oh. and <laughs> yeah, I'm sure if statute of limitations ran out, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. It's been a while. Uh tried to stop doing some of that stuff since I became a dad, so that's good. Probably smart. Character Probably growth the, is yeah. always good. <laughs> oh Jesus. This was fun as hell. I, I really enjoyed this one. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, everyone. If you like the show, feel uh, feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Filmgasm Productions. If you want to suggest films for us to check out, you can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com or send us a message through the socials. Check out our letterboxed accounts for daily reviews. You can search for me at Connor95. And in my friends list, you can find the rest of the team. Check out our website, filmgasm.com, where I have a link to that letterboxed. You can also find articles, trailers of upcoming films in every episode of our show. If you'd like to become a monthly donor to Filmgasm Productions, feel free to click on the link in the episode description. From there, click on support this podcast. You can choose to donate a dollar a month, $5 a month, or $10 a month. We appreciate anything you feel we deserve. It all goes right back into the show. Thanks to the entire Filmgasm team for their constant friendship and contributions to the show. Thanks to Cooley Cow for our awesome theme music. And thanks to you for checking out the show. Remember not to take reality for granted and that the real Easter eggs are the friendships we make along the way. Take it easy, keep watching movies, and we'll see you next week.